Hey everyone, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thanks so much for joining me. Today is episode number 146. Now today I'm joined by Kat Ayala, a Sydney-based guitarist who joins us to talk about her diverse and flourishing career. Kat tells us about melding big rock tones and intricate ambience in Forces and Fury, her Rad Originals project alongside Astrid Holtz. Kat tells us about gigs with Vanessa Amorossi, Hayley Mary, Royale with Cheese and many more touring acts. She's got some great stories about landing high profile gigs, how Diesel introduced her to Yamaha, which in turn led to a Vox artist endorsement, opening up for Daryl Braithwaite and plenty of other great stories. Now, Kat is also a gear nut. She embraces both digital modeling and earthy stomp boxes, tube amps, and digital processing. And she loves bending signal flow to do her will. She also has some wonderful stories about some of the six strings that she chooses depending on the gig at hand. On top of all that, Kat's just a super cool, super humble community builder. And it's no surprise she is in such demand as a musician. Let's jump straight into my conversation. All right, Kat Ayala, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Great to great to have you on the show. How have you been keeping busy during the COVID lockdowns and restrictions? Um, well, during the big lockdown in New South Wales, I think I was doing the same as everybody else, <laughs> you know, just um, spending lots of time practicing and yep. um, trying to teach guitar online and stuff like that. But as soon as the restrictions eased, I think um, things started to get quite busy. Uh, I've been teaching heaps of guitar lately face-to-face since that's been allowed, so that's great. Cool. You know, that's really been um, keeping me um, financed, <laughs> so to speak, you know, because I went from, uh, I guess, being a full-time gigging session muso and then lockdown happened and then like a bunch of our friends you just saw your entire year kind of disappear in yeah, <laughs> the span yeah. of two days right but yeah now i've got four days of teaching which is awesome yeah at a couple of schools um and i was doing private teaching for a while but now i'm just teaching at schools and aside from that um astrid and I, Astrid is my, my partner in Forces and Fury. Um, we've released, how many singles has it been? She's right next to me, <laughs> sitting over there, you can't see her. Astrid and I have released three singles since lockdown. Okay, cool. So we've been busy doing that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's great. Very cool. What do you enjoy about teaching? Um... I think primarily it makes me a better musician. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying connecting with a bunch of people over guitar, I suppose, because I haven't really had um, had this space to do that in a while. I mean, I connect with a lot of people. I've always connected with a lot of people in terms of, um, you know, what gear we use or sure. um, what bands we're playing in, what music we like to listen to, but... It's been a while since I've nerded out on the instrument, 
mm-hmm. and you know all the technical things and and you know I really enjoy helping my students be able to play something that they couldn't play before and it kind of helps you relive you know well it helps me relive my my discovery of the instrument and that's that's really encouraging for me as a player you know when you get back to that um that kind of joy when you figure something out and so now i'm i'm studying a bit more for myself yeah and, cool yeah that's it's probably awesome. the same thing you get from teaching music is it is it bad is yeah it absolutely like it? Yeah. yeah i love it that light bulb moment um when some some students they just get something it's super exciting and it does take you back yeah to uh yeah. to that excitement of discovery so that's really cool that's really really cool hey you mentioned forces and fury so three singles um in in mm-hmm. fairly quick succession which is great i've been digging that stuff um it's such an interesting mix of um really chimey ambient guitar over electronica kind of stuff um and then more straight ahead rocking uh more in your face tones so yeah what's um <laughs> Before I mention some of those tracks, who are some of your formative influences? Because you seem to sit on both sides of. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm making a very binary thing, which is not, which is not super accurate. But you know, you, you rock out super hard, but then you come up with these beautiful, chimey, intricate kind of parts as well. Who who were you digging growing up as a player? Um, I <laughs> so many people. Yeah. Um, I grew up in in a very musical household. Um, and my dad was listening to Deep Purple and um, Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and Toto, uh-huh. you know, um, while my auntie and uncle were into Metallica and ACDC and um, Guns N' Roses <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Um, so rock was a, big, was a big thing for me as a child. Um, but then when I got into my teens, I got into that, you know, like, uh, what they call power pop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, or emo type stuff, okay. um, with bands like they used and, um, taking back Sunday and sure, you know, that was sure. kind of, that's where I cut my teeth, I think, and learning those pop punk songs. Um, and I played in a pop punk band for a while, but what I really love at the moment is, and I think this probably, you probably hear this in, in a lot of my original music is um, bands like Death Cab for Cutie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Kings of Leon. I actually really enjoy their later albums, which, which not many people know about, like Come Around Sundown or Me- Me- Mechanical Bull. Those are really, really great albums um, for a guitar player like me. Yeah, so I, I guess you could say that I really like rock music (laughs) sure sure um but i'm also into the dreamy pop stuff i don't know if that's that's probably just a pop side of rock is it what were you called death cab Uh, i I guess so it's it's they rock out but they've got plenty of sparkly stuff going on as well i mean it's just music isn't it it's just music but there's um yeah lots of influences to draw on that's cool yeah I, i mean i can see the rock side i think i saw on instagram you are shredding over um crazy train uh, oh god a while <laughs> back which was killing it which was so fun um let's talk about tunes like got away with me and and lullaby some of those yeah. cleaner tones are just beautiful how are you how are you producing those tones 
Um, okay, so got away with me. I think we did all of that um, straight in. So I had a, a Duesenberg, um, and we processed everything through the Helix plugin. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's just clean into the door, and then Helix in post, and and that's I guess why you get all those pristine sounds. And and Astrid's a magician with. Um, you know, everything that happens in the box. So I kind of know it on the Helix part, but then she adds so many other things. I mean, she mixes everything herself. And yeah, so that the tone is, is in the computer. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about um, when you want to um, bring in hardware? Like what's some of your favorite like pedals and, and that kind of stuff? All stuff like that. Um, oh, wait, you asked about Lullaby. Lullaby is actually kind of half-recorded in the Philippines. Um, so we had, if you're talking about the hardware side of things, we had um, a baritone guitar into some pedals and a Fender twin. Okay. Right? Yep. Yeah. And, um, and the rest of it was in the Helix, right? But when, I, when we do a lot of hardware recording, I think my favorite, if you want to talk about amps, um, is a Fender Twin and a Vox AC30. Okay. I think, yeah, I love those, that combination. Um, and in terms of pedals, I've got a favorite drive. I've actually got it right here. I'll show you what it is. Have you heard of this? It's called a Sick As. Ah, uh, yeah, Bondi Effects. Yeah, by Bondi Effects. Fantastic. Yeah, we use this um, on guitar and on vocals sometimes. Oh, yeah, nice. I swear by that. Um, and the other favorite piece of hardware that I've got is also by Bondo Effects. It's called the Art Vandelay, which is like, I guess, um, a combination between a DM2, uh, a Boss DM2, which is just a beautiful analog delay. And um, what is it? Well, John, the creator of Bondo Effects, says he, he drew inspiration for um, the modulation in his circuit from... Uh, the Memory Man. Okay. Do you, nice. do, you, do you know about the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So there's like yeah. this combination of those two pedals in one, but with lots of tweakability and, you know, it's got tap tempo and, uh, yeah, all these nice, really um, controllable things. So you can really dial in the perfect lush tone that seems to never get in the way of your clean signal for some reason. It's just, I, I actually um, use that, for my acoustic gigs as well. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm going off topic here. No, right, no, so. that's fine. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I reckon that's probably it's probably the best name for a delay pedal as well with that <laughs> Seinfeld reference. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they're, they're lovely. They're lovely. Very cool. Yeah. I love it how um, guys like guys like that are, are are putting the functionality into the analog effects. So, like yeah. a, a tap tempo for an analog delay. That's beautiful. What? Yeah. All that kind of cool oh. stuff. It's crazy. There's this whole world about it. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just, um, anyway, let's not get into that. I'm just going to waffle on. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the show for it, so that's okay. Uh, you, can yeah. get, you can be as nerdy as you want. Yeah. Um, maybe I should talk to you about reverb as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got, so I mentioned my favorite drive, mentioned my favorite delay. Um, I also really enjoy experimenting with um reverb before an amp okay, yep. and after. Yep. 
because a lot of the big sounds like you mentioned, you know, watch it burn. Um, what was the other one? And my my affliction. Yeah, a lot of oh no, it's in watch it burn. So in watch it burn, I used the honey tea and an analog rig into the AC30, and all the you know delays and reverbs were before. Okay. The amp. Yep. Yeah, so which is I'm using backwards all these to conventional space and time effects to distort the amp, which is what gets that massive sound. And a lot of engineers live hate it because <laughs> it's just really wet before the amp, right? But, it's really gnarly, um, yeah. Yeah, but that's I think that's a really cool thing to experiment with, especially now that I've got um, the helix. I'm really getting into the signal chain of you know, oh, running. Um, you know, like the classic 80s signal changes or all your time and your delays and your, your, your reverbs are after the amp, mm -hmm. right? But there's just this cool thing about putting certain things before and certain things at the end. And yeah, I've been really nerding out and enjoying that since COVID lockdown as well, because I've got time to, to, to do that in the box and and see how that affects um, the overall sound of things. But yeah, um, that's, that's, that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> signal flow, it's massive, isn't it? Yeah, so the conventional wisdom, like you mentioned, is yeah, run your delays and everything after the amp, keeps it nice and clean. Um, but running it before, there's a certain grunginess or grittiness that, that you just can't get otherwise. It's so fun. That's really yeah. cool. So that's what we're hearing on, on stuff like Watch It Burn and... Yeah, this all, all everything that sounds like it's teetering on the edge of yeah. control, that's usually with the, the, the time and space effects before the amp. And the honey tea. That's the honey tea for you. It always sounds like it's going to, I don't know, explode, but it doesn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the guitar. So Stephen Burnett's the mastermind between honey tea and Maplewood, um, formerly of Sydney. I think he is he in Europe or something now. Yeah, he's moved to Germany. Yeah, wow. I'm not sure, but um. Our loss, but his his guitars they are so intricately constructed. Tell me about your your honey tea and maplewood um, guitar. He's a he's a real artist. Um, he he spent a lot of time. We spent a lot of time talking about what I needed and and the sounds I liked, and he really helped me kind of um, understand what you know, things we could put in the guitar that that would um, make me feel like it was an extension of the things that I loved. You know, uh -huh. I, I never tried uh, Filtertrons, for example. Okay. Um, and he suggested I try those because I've always loved um, Telecasters and the clarity of Telecasters, but I also could really do with some humbuckers, you know, stuff uh -huh. like that. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so he, uh, with the build, he was so uh, – he listened to me really well. I think that's that's a massive part of the instruments that, that he builds is he, he listened to what I needed. Um, the guitar is ergonomic. Yeah, I've, I've always struggled with RSI, and he made it extremely lightweight. It's, it's – um, I don't know if the right term is chambered. It's it's a full hollow body. It doesn't have a sustain block. Um, oh, okay. It, yep. Yeah, there's no sustain block, so that's. I guess you can hear it, right? <laughs> in in the in the songs, the way that I use it, it just got this 
it's got this beautiful howl in it, especially when it feeds back on the yeah, lower cool. and awesome. frequency. It's just amazing. Um, so it's really light, so light. Um, it sounds beautiful. Um, the cutaways are just how I like them so that they hug my body. So when I play the guitar, then I'm not really stressed in any way. Yeah, the yeah. neck is hollow. What? Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. No way. Explain that. I, I don't know. Really. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Far out. Um, wow. He, it's so light. Um, wow. So, yeah, he took all, all this, you know, the, my, my um, RSI issues, uh, the tones that I wanted. Um, he watched, he came to gigs and he watched how I played and he's like, oh, you should you should t try this Bigsby out, you know, like it's, it's insane. Uh -huh. And now I'm so influenced by the guitar that he built that, you know, I've got the, the Duesenberg star player TV. It's got a beautiful, um, tremolo system on it. And I never would have understood that I liked those things until he put, he put that in my hands. He mm -hmm. put the honey tea in my hand. So he should play with the Bigsby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's very cool. Far out. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and then, I mean, you've seen the guitar. It's just, mm. it's a masterpiece. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah. I've seen you playing a Strandberg as well. Mm. What, what's the, That seems like a, the opposite end of the spectrum. That's totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Strandberg, I guess it's that's part of also the quest for, you know, my quest for ergonomic guitars and guitars that feel good and that, um, are practical and easy to play. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the, when when did I get turned on to Strandberg? I think I was starting to have back issues from sitting and playing. You know, mm -hmm. have you looked much into Strandberg guitars yourself, Matt? I've played. You know about. I've played one, and it felt mm -hmm. yeah really comfy. That the square neck was surprisingly comfortable. Yeah, that blew me away. I haven't spent a lot of time, but that one I played, I'm like, wow, this is yeah. bizarre. It, it doesn't seem like it would work, but it does. Yeah, it's 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 completely bizarre, but everything about it, um, um, after you look into it, you know, it starts to make sense. Mm -hmm. That whole trapezoid thing is, yeah, this trapezoid-shaped neck is yeah, just so yeah. um, wherever, you know, you're, however you're holding in your hand, then you've got enough width between your fingers so that you're not stressing too much because you know if it's thinner then you're actually exerting more effort to squeeze it's silly things like that that you never thought about yes, yep. um the weird shape is just so that you can play it in a seated position and you mm -hmm. can cross your legs and you plunk it there and it doesn't move around so it's good for like i don't know um classically trained musicians that need to have the neck up high like that sure. or people with rsi like me and you just need to sit down for a few hours <laughs> to work something out. Yeah, yeah. I actually like I'm I'm the kind of guitarist. I need a lot of practice, right? I'm not I'm not a wizard like a bunch of other guitarists that there can get that can get things in a heartbeat. I actually have to sit there and and work stuff out, you know. So an instrument like that that I can sit with for hours and hours upon end is just so uh, invaluable. <laughs> To, to somebody who needs to practice as much as I do. Um, hey, I think you're also, describing yeah. nine out of ten guitar players, by the way, Kat. We all need to sit there and work it out. <laughs>
<laughs> and I think you're a wizard because you do that. So oh, I just wanted to back up on, on, on that one. What's um? You've mentioned RSI a couple of times. What's what's the story there for you? Uh, well, it's been a battle. I think it, it first started happening something like five or six years ago. Um, Asti and I went to the Philippines um, when we first started Forces in Fury. Um, and we were there for eight months writing songs and, you know, recording with the gear that we had over there. Um, and I was playing so much and I was playing a baritone, um, electric with, I think, 12s on it or okay. something. And I just, I think we had a big day of recording and I was doing a lot of, uh, bar chords or whatever. I think we were there for something like crazy, like four hours and then... In the middle of the night, that night, um, I woke up with this incredible pain shooting down my left arm, and and I had to go see an acupuncturist and a doctor and and take pain meds and stop playing for like a month. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was the first time I've ever had that five years ago, and ever since then it's been on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I just have to be really careful. Um, not to overexert myself, and and so when I can find a guitar that um, allows me to play for longer, yeah, you know that's really that's like blessings. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, me. for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, much uh, much kind thoughts like headed your way for that to <laughs> totally settle down. I tell you, um, yeah, you're a Vox artist. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What does that actually mean? What does that mean for you? Um, you mentioned the Vox AC30 as being one of your favourite amps. Yeah, how did that come about? How did uh, being on on festival stages? Yep. I think. Um, and playing a band called Racket. Did you know that I played in a band? Oh, yeah. you must have. Yeah, because yeah. um, I started playing the Honey Tea when I was in a band called Racket and yep. the Strandberg as well. Um, and we played so many festivals, so many shows with, with Backline provided. And you know that the most basic amps that are there are always a Fender Twin and a Vox AC30, yeah, right? Yep. It's always on either side. Um, and I started playing through the AC30 and, and Beck would always go for the Fender Twin. And halfway through the set, Beck would drop her guitar and I'd split my signal so that I was coming out of both amps. Nice. Nice. Yeah, um, and I guess that's that's uh, that goes back to what I was saying a while ago um, with, with recording guitars. I always like having an AC30 and a Fender Twin okay. in signal, combining those. Um, but the AC30 for me, just for the the pedal board that I was touring at the time and the guitar that I was touring at the time, it always sounded so good, or it always sounded reacted it reacted the way that I wanted it to. Um, in terms of how it would feed back, um, mm-hmm. in terms of how it would cut through the mix, nothing really, I covered it like like the AC30. When I played other brands, it just it just didn't do it. So I think I kind of fell in love with, with the AC30 when I was doing the touring gigs. And that was just on stage. I don't think I would ever choose one <laughs> if I were just in a room with it. Yeah, right. Because it doesn't make sense. Um, when you're on your own, I think, I think you hear that a lot when people talk about AC30s. It doesn't make sense 
until you're in the room with a loud band. Yeah, okay. And then you play it loud with a loud, hard-hitting drummer like Astrid. Mm-hmm. And then it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. There's a certain yeah. clank and, and this really interesting mid-range, which, you know, a loud situation is going to cut through. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And it really takes the pedals I throw at it, you know, really well. And the sick as, it was, John, I built this um, in front of an AC30. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So it's made, it was made for that, to make that sound really good. Oh, I, I, I don't well, rumor has it, um, but yeah, it's, and, and the reverb in, in front of an AC30, you know, that's fun. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times, good times. Now, Vox, in Australia anyway, Vox is distributed by Yamaha. Um, yeah. Yamaha also owns Line 6 now, I believe. Yeah. So nice, yeah. there's a nice uh, connection there between some of those. Some of those gear, yeah. piece of gear. I've oh, seen you playing a Yamaha guitar as well. Um, one of the yeah, the Rev stars. They, they've been um, Yamaha Australia have been so good, so supportive of my career. Um, you know, a cool story is actually how I I got to to meet them. Um, Mark Lazard. Diesel. Diesel. Yeah. 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 So. Um, back, back from Racket, I think she did a mentoring session with him for songwriting or something like that. And he was looking for a guitar tech based in Sydney and, and she put my name forward cause she's just great like that. Um, and so I went and hung out with him at one of the gigs he did at the Vanguard in Newtown and I met Mark and I met his um, longtime sound engineer, tour manager, um, front house guy um, called Warwick Nguyen. Have you heard of Warwick? No. Or was, as he's okay. fondly called. He's got, um, he's got a, sh- a shop in Melbourne called, what's it called? Tone Revival Engineering. Okay. Um, anyway, he's a wizard too. Um, and he put me onto the... Uh, Mark and him put me on to the Hoof by Earthquaker Devices, which is one of my favorite pedals in the world. Uh-huh. Anyway, okay, that's that's a tangent. Sorry. Um, <laughs> back to Yamaha. So I met I met Mark and I met um, was and and Mark played. Um, what's he got? He's got an AC15 on stage and a night train, right? both foxes and he was running the hoof into that rig oh he also had like some yamaha pa speaker as well um on on stage with him and i think he was running just wet into those and you know he had this insane super cool rig that was designed okay and just seeing the way he was doing his work it's like oh my god this is mind-blowing i should you know i i love ac30s already um I ended up messaging him a week later or something like soon after and asked, Hey, um, Mark, I really loved, you know, how, how you craft your tone and really enjoyed your show. I'm, I'm looking at amps. I was wondering if you could, you know, in, uh, send me your contacts, email address at Yamaha and maybe I can hit them up and see if it might be 
if, if they might be interested in working with me, I'm, I'm touring heaps <laughs> at the mm-hmm. moment with Racket and blah, blah, blah. Um, and he, he hooked me up. He That's called great. Jacqueline, who's my, um, I guess, my artist liaison over there. And, and um, he just really helped my career by putting, putting me in touch with them. And, and ever since then, I can go anywhere and they'll have an AC30 somewhere for me that I can pick up and throw on a stage. You know, so that's that's really cool. That's that's a great thing about being a Vox artist here. You always have an amp, um, and I can hire one. Well, they have one for me if I want to record with one. You know, it's it's awesome. They're really supportive like that. That and now I've got access to a bunch of other Yamaha products like you know the Helix and um, their cool range of guitars because they've got a, a lot. Um, I've got a a Vox Continental um, keyboard which is heaps of fun. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they're really, they're really supportive and they, they like to, to see their gear being used to create lots of original music and, and be toured in local venues. And, yeah, it's insane. Like, they, they support every level of artist. So I can't, I can't thank them enough, really. Very cool. That's that's awesome. And man, such a nice, uh, such a great story about uh, Mark Lazot hooking you up. Yeah. Can you? Did you end up teching for him at all? Pardon? Did, did you I end, end up? up teching? Oh no, I didn't because I was touring so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, you needed your own did, um, <laughs> And they asked me if I was available for a couple of gigs, and I really wanted to do them because so far out working with those guys. Can you imagine working with those guys? Yeah, how much yeah. you'd learn. Um. Uh, it just, yeah, no, it just never happened. But maybe, maybe one day. Who yeah, knows? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. a cool connection. At, at any rate, that's very, very cool. Yeah. Hey, tell me about Caramel Sounds, which is your. your oh studio. yeah, a little space. Yeah. And a little pedal store. Um, so Astrid and I also have um, this uh, one room studio in Marrickville. On Faversham Street, which is on the same street as the Red Rattler and yeah, um, yeah. right behind the Michael Bolo. It's, if you want to bump into a Sydney musician, you walk down that street. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's in a prime location. And we hire the space out for band rehearsals and music production sessions, songwriting. And, and uh, Asti also records a bunch of bands in there. Um, and originally, it was just for us. You know, we used it um, only for our creative purposes, and we'd, we'd hire it out. We hire we would hire it out to just our friends. Um, but now we've kind of realized that oh, we're, we can make this available to whoever really needs a cozy space, and um, it's been it's been great to have that. Um, to, to mobilize that asset, so, so to speak, so that, you know, we can meet other musicians and, and give them a nice place to work in. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. And do you end up playing on sessions there for, for other artists or yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's, that's cool too. It's kind of just another way to, to um, I guess, be involved um, in records. Usually they'll just come in and, and, oh, can we book some time in? And they'll, oh, oh, oh Asti, can you... Can you actually jump on and engineer the session because we don't want to do it? Oh, Kat, we might want some 
guitar parts in there and they wouldn't have thought about that originally but because you're around i mean yeah, you know yeah. how it is if you just got to be in a creative pond right and then you all start working together and that's yeah, the cool. beauty of being of having a space like that and, and being in a neighborhood like that you cross paths with a with a lot of people um oh good example um do you know annie hamilton i know the name i never met um you should actually talk to her matt yeah she's She's brilliant. What a brilliant artist um, and guitarist. She was in a band called Little May, uh -huh. uh, who make beautiful music as well. Um, and now I think she's she's been doing her own thing for quite a while. Um, and it's just ethereal, gorgeous, gorgeous music with, with lots of um, fun effects and excellent playing and um and just she's a great singer just great great singer as well anyway um she's been hiring that space out for rehearsal she's cut um a couple of tracks with asti and then she was invited to do like a version mm -hmm. i don't know a couple of months ago or something and through that she asked me to play for her on that and what an opportunity to play yeah, triple j like yeah. a version right and this is all just from floating the same spaces. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> That's so cool. That's such a community that you're building. Yeah. What, what song yeah. did you do? Um, we did her original called Panic. Yeah. Um, and that's great. That's up on Spotify. Um, and we covered Methyl Ethel's Ubu, mm -hmm. which is a cool tune. Yeah, on good its times. Own, but it was fun. She really let me go nuts with the effects. Uh-huh. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so that was a great gig for me. She asked the right guitar player, obviously. Man, I will check her out. I've written down her name. That's cool. Annie Hamilton. All right. Done. Yeah. Tick. We'll do that. Um, I saw you rocking out with Vanessa Amorossi uh, recently as well. Yeah. She's really interesting. She's got you know these massive pop hits that the general public knows. But I, I don't know. I just get the sense she's got a very rock and roll attitude going on. She is so rock and roll. Mm -hmm. She is so inspiring. Um, just, I don't know, you meet her, I mean, you hear her voice, you know she's worked on that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Far out. Um, have you heard her, new, her latest stuff? Um, I think, oh, it's called The Blacklisted Collection. And she, there was a time when, when the lockdown first happened, she was releasing a new track every week, every Monday, right? Okay. So that's, that's a feat. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's all, um, they're, I think they're grungier songs if, okay. if you have listened to them. And they're so, so not the pop you're used to hearing of Vanessa, but they're, you'd love them. Um, I reckon, I reckon they'd, they'd make sense, you know, yeah, like yeah. now that you, you've seen her and, and she, she reminds you a lot about I don't know, the, the rock genre. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to the Blacklisted Connection and you'll be like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's, she's definitely a lot more than pop. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And from, from her live set, you got some really cool guitar moments to, um, well, no pun intended, but to shine. Um, <laughs> and rip. There, there was some great, she, she would just hand over the stage, she was a, to wail over some stuff. That's pretty cool. She's like that 
to all her musicians, anybody, you know. Um, oh, it's such an honor to, to be part of that, that crew for, um, how long was I playing? Less than a year before all this happened. Um, but yeah, she's, she's got that relationship with, with all of her players. Um, do you want a cool story as to how I started playing for Vanessa? Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you know her band members? I've met, I've worked with, um, some guys who've worked with her. Um, there's okay. a Sydney guy yeah. when she was in, is she still in Melbourne? Well, she is now based in LA. Oh, so okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I've worked, some, some of my mates have worked with her when she was in Melbourne. Um, mm. so yeah, but back to your story. Yeah. Ah, well, cause well, I'm asking cause you know, um, her MD and longtime band member is Rodrigo Bustos or Rod Bustos. He plays for everyone in Melbourne, you know, most notably like Kate Sobrano and Vanessa Morosi. And um, he plays for Belinda Carlisle and she's around. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's nuts, an amazing, amazing human being. Um, and I met Rod uh, uh, over 10 years ago. Um, for like five minutes, mm -hmm. he was he was playing bass for Daryl Braithwaite, um, and Daryl was playing at the Manly Fish shows. Yeah, and <laughs> I was playing in my pop punk band called Bonnie Reed, um, and we were opening for Daryl Braithwaite <laughs> at the Manly Fish shows as, as a pop punk band. Perfect. Um, isn't that insane? <laughs> What was the audience like? That's that's an all ages situation by the sounds of things. It was so weird. It was so weird because we were like a pop punk, you know, verging on emo, and so you had like kids with the oversized fringes and <laughs> all in black tight jeans and tattooed, and then you had Daryl Braithwaite's audience and and the yeah. local Manly Fishers crew. So wow. It was awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we did sound check, um, and Rod happened to catch, I don't know, a few minutes of it, and he came up to me after we finished, and he said, hey, I really, really like your tone, and, you know, I love, like, the way you move up there. My name's Rod, and I spoke to him for a couple minutes, tops, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then that, that was it, 10 years ago, and, um, and then... They needed a sub-guitarist, I think, when was it, in August last year. Um, oh, sorry, Vanessa needed a sub-guitarist in August last year, and I, I got a Facebook message from Rod Bustos mm -hmm. <laughs> 10 years later. <laughs> um, apparently, I had been recommended to him by another amazing guitarist vocalist called Dallas Frasca. Do you know Dallas? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's from Melbourne and she's also a big inspiration um, to me um, and a legend in general. Um, and she put my name forward because um, I toured with, I think I shared a stage with her once, um, supporting Dallas Frasca and um, racket toured with Killing Heidi and um, was just from playing on that scene you know we did so many gigs in Melbourne we did so many gigs on the road with with artists like that that I don't know how Dallas got wind of me but she did 
Um, anyway, she put my name forward, and Rod was like, oh, I know that girl. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. So, isn't it? That's just, I don't know, man. I think it's insane. Like, I never, I was never a sessionist, you know. And then I was just this kid who played in a pop-punk band, and then after that I played in the... Uh, um, a garage pop band, and then and then after that, I played for Vanessa Amorosi. It's like, what the? How does that even happen? Yeah. You know, and and then, like you said, she gives me, you know, my moments to shine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, having having uh, played with Vanessa Amorosi and her her whole crew of extremely professional and seasoned mm-hmm. you know seasoned musicians it was just an amazing awesome learning experience for me and I really had to I really had to catch up like you know I was chasing them the whole time yeah. just trying to trying to keep up with um their well their game yeah. first and foremost but sure. then there's also that whole um that whole art that what they do in between sets, you know, that that pro musos are really, really good at. Do you know that thing where how if if you're a seasoned pro, then you're so good at hauling ass when it's it's time to haul ass, and and then you're so good at relaxing when it's time to relax. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know that, yeah. That that's that was really bizarre for me. Anyway, yeah, that's that. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Can, I told you I could waffle on. This I, is good <laughs> waffle. This is this is why we have podcasts. Um, my our uh, the guitar speak audience, we love this stuff. We love the stories and the the nerdy stuff and everything. Cat, you are like the perfect guest. I got to tell you. So. Okay, I'm glad. It's all you good. Just tell me to just signal as <laughs> I go that, overboard with tangents and details and whatever. No, nah, it's all. It's so good. It's all great. Cat, it's been awesome fun talking to you. Now. As we speak, it's um, it's early October 2020. Um, things mm. in Australia are looking, I guess, for the second time in in several months, cautiously optimistic, um, especially in our hometown of Sydney. Um, but it's still, it's hard to make plans, I guess, for too far ahead. But I mean, I guess, saying all that, what's what's next up for 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 you and for Forces and Fury and anything else you've got? On the burn, yeah. looking ahead as much as you can, I guess. What what does uh, the future look like? Um, well, there's lots actually. Um, I know I'm more being cautious, but um, you gotta you gotta make plans, right? Sure, <laughs> Otherwise, sure. what do you do? Um, okay, so on on in the very very near future, um, I've been. Oh, sorry, not in the future. Right now, I've been rehearsing with Haley Mary. Do you know Haley Mary? No. She is the lead singer of the Jezebels, and she's recently okay. put out her own EP. And you know, she's got much more music coming along real soon. And I've been playing for her Great. since um, since last year. Okay. Yeah, so it was a big Excellent. year for me last year. Yeah, so I'm playing yeah. for a couple of massive, um, well, to me, um, quite massive artists. Um, well, I'm, I feel very fortunate to be part of their journey. Um, so I'm still playing with Haley, um, and that's really, really exciting because Astrid's also playing for Haley. Yeah, so cool. we get to um, rehearse together and do gigs together. Um, 
so that's on the cards. I've been playing for uh, a cover band, a 90s cover band okay. called um, Royale with Cheese. That's a, a great name. That's yeah. a great yeah. name. Is that, <laughs> is, awesome. is that wall-to-wall um, pop punk as well, like from your, from your heritage? Is that, is that a lot of pop punk stuff? Mm. Oh, this is like you know, it's pop punk. It's 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 more grunge. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Failed to mention grunge in my heritage. Sure. I've got a lot of grunge in in my veins. Um, so we do a lot of Alice in Chains covers. And, oh, nice. Um, we do some Fooey's covers and Nirvana, of course. Great. You know, Pearl Jam yeah. and all of that. But and every now and then we'll do. I think there's a Spice Girls cover in there too. Nice, nice. I'm sure you would make that work. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. They're, they're great. Um, we've been doing um, um, an MTV Unplugged uh, show since lockdown, oh, and okay. that's quite nice because yeah, I'm great. on acoustic, but I still run it my guitar through effects. You know, uh-huh. just because you got to. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, yeah, so that's that's on the cards. I've got yeah. a gig in a couple of weeks um, playing for them. Um, and the Forces and Fury stuff, oh, it's so good. It's so good to be focusing on, on my own original music with Astrid. It's, that's, things that, that's something that was very much on the back burner before COVID. And I was so busy playing for other people sure. and, you know, doing that kind of thing. And I've been able to reset my mind or my perspective and and um i've remembered how much the the creative part and the original music means to me you know and and what was i what was i saying oh yes and um so our plan for forces and fury is to release a new single every six weeks mm-hmm. you know great till the end of time hopefully okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's bizarre right like that's who plans that? Who would have planned that before? When who would have planned releasing a single every six weeks when they were a touring guitarist? You know, it's that's really cool for me to yeah, have. Yeah. You know, to to decide to be prolific. Yeah, like, awesome. I think. Yeah, I think more people should should be prolific in their own uh, chosen fields. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Good for you, Kat. As I said, it's been awesome talking to you and I love all these things you've got on the boil and, and just your passion for, for making for making music and working with people. It's um it's very obvious to see and I, I can see why lots of people want to work with you and, and get you on board. So um that's great. What's the um what's the best way for people to keep up to date with, with all your stuff? Um, with all the stuff. I guess Instagram. I'm I'm mostly on Instagram. Yeah. Um they yeah yeah i would say that just follow sure. me on instagram at bk ayala and follow forces and fury too i'm actually spending a lot more time on that page now because that's really at the that project is at the forefront of my mind and yeah i'm really putting a lot of um my creative energies and in, into into my original project which is great so yes please follow me at BK Ayala and at Forces and Fury on Instagram. And if you feel like it, if you've got Spotify or Apple Music, it'd be great if you could give us a spin or two. 
all that helps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, Kat, thank you so much. It's been awesome um, meeting you in person and uh, and talking about all this stuff and all the best for, for what's ahead. Thanks, Matt. It's been so lovely to meet you um, and talk to you as well. All right, there you go. My conversation with Kat Ayala. Super cool person and a fantastic guitarist. And it was great to have her on the show. Now, in the show notes, there'll be links to both Kat's own uh, kind of links and the Forces and Fury stuff. I encourage you to check that stuff out. Also, you'll find links to our PayPal tip jar if you want to leave us a tip, uh, to our website, to all our social media, and all the places you can subscribe to the show for your favorite podcast catcher if you've not done that already. All right, my name is Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll catch you next time. Bye now.